Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to another episode of Suara Kita Ni. My name is Muhammad Fadli and I'm Emma Jabbar. So we'll have here today our friends from Copper Hope. Hey. Hey. I'm so excited to have them here today actually. How are you Emma? I'm fine. I'm fine. Thank oh, you for asking. Oh, oh, How's oh, you? How are How's you everyone? Feeling great. Yeah. What about you Mizi? Sorry, we we have like we have like four <laughs> microphones. I'm great. Great, great. Okay. So what we have like uh, we have uh, we've had like a long day today. No, I think prior to that we just had a recording in the morning and then now this afternoon for Copper Hope. What, what, how do you feel, Emma? Uh, I mean, it's been a productive week, alhamdulillah. But I'm hoping for a break actually. <laughs> yeah, I think we've been having a lot of recordings recently, mm-hmm. and yeah. I, I was missing during uh, the last recording. Yeah, you weren't here last week. Yeah, my 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 big sister's uh, wedding, bersanding uh, was was the the weekend before, so alhamdulillah that went well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, but we we had like our, our a friend a friend of mine as well from Geek Turf. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's another episode that will probably be yeah, coming out. Yeah, you guys need to stay tuned for that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think coming straight into our audience, uh, sorry, our speakers. Uh, so <laughs> we got friends from Cope for Hope. So that's Cope for Hope without space. Uh, maybe you can just uh, start ahead, and then we'll see. How we let can... them introduce themselves. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, hi, my name is Hazira. I'm the executive director of Cope for Hope. I'm uh, Sura. I'm the external director for Cope for Hope. Hi, I'm Mizi, uh, the internal director for Cope for Hope. Yay. So we got the directors. We have Cope for Hope. I think we want to start with the story behind the Cope for Hope. How yeah, it started so, and so why we, started, So yeah. we were talking to them earlier, mm. just behind the scenes, right? So uh, Zira, you're a bit late. Uh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> timely <lost>. fashion. <laughs> timely fashion. Uh, I just I just got the chance to also like read up a bit more on your bio. I think uh, we got Zura here and then Mizi, who's a teacher. Zura with your sweet tooth as well. <laughs> can tell us more about that. But yeah, uh, I'd love to just give you guys the microphone. Talk talk about yourself and then we'll just have this conversation between us and uh, yeah let's see how that goes so I'll just talk about how Code for Hope the idea was born mm-hmm. um, so that was in my third year of university we have this program where you go on to a different state or a different city and you explore a social justice issue so at the time I went to San Francisco to explore mental health issues in San Francisco and I met with a lot of nonprofits. And um, from them, it inspired me to make my own in Brunei because when I came back, I saw that there was... There was none in here in Brunei, yeah. Yeah, there was like such a huge gap, Mm. especially with mental health resources. Mm. And as for us, we were strangers before Code for Hope. We didn't know each other. So we reached out to several Instagram pages, like You Can Lead, Dabian, and Brunei Volunteers. And that's kind of how I met them. Oh, cool. Um, so, <coughs> from strangers to friends uh, on a mutual mission for promoting cause. It's the same case with Swarakitani as well, right? Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> Actually, all of us from uh, Swarakitani, well, at least uh, most of us, we only started at Swarakitani, I think, for the love of podcasting, really. I mean, Swarakitani for, for providing voices for Bruneian-related uh issues concerns interests and yeah ma- making friends with our friends from Cope for Hope as well yeah I, I actually got a bit of stories out of well both of you uh, I think I was also surprised that you guys didn't know each other prior um, yeah let, t- tell us more about your background and how you came to meeting each other maybe you know from a coffee shop to um, to, to here at Ikigai Lounge well 
I would say we started meeting up. Our first meeting was in August, early August. And then we decided to get that Instagram page going. And then um, two weeks later, it kind of blew up a little bit. And we started getting a lot of attraction from the public and a lot of great support. So after that, we continuously met almost every single day this week actually yeah so it was um it was a lot of overwhelming but it was like a good type of overwhelming and so yeah i mean well um tell, tell us more about uh how your trip came to be such so your your background as well okay, so and then i think we'll have uh zura and mizi share a bit of that as well my... the people behind cope for hope okay so my background, um, I'm actually currently still a student at UCLA, which is the University of California in Los Angeles. Um, I'm a third year and I take political science and international relations. So I'm more interested in more of the advocacy portion of mental health. So that's working with government bodies to, I guess, get more resources. And I think that's what's really great about Cope for Hope is we have so many different backgrounds. It's not just like all psychology based and all science based backgrounds. Nice. Thanks. Thanks, Azira. What about you, Azira? Uh, all right. So, um, in terms of sort of like mental health advocacy and why I wanted to join Cope for Hope, um, okay, let's just get like a bit deep and personal here. So, I was officially diagnosed with anxiety at the age of 16, but I knew sort of something wrong was wrong like with how I was thinking, probably like the age of 13. So like I just I just have this memory where I was sort of like overthinking about a lot of things back then and I was thinking what's going on and like who can I go to to ask for help? And back then like awareness was like close to none. Like, maybe there was a psychiatry department, but then at that time, there was sort of, like, a stigma behind the psychiatry department and what they do. So, um, based on that, I read a bit more online and then about mental health, and then I, um, I started developing sort of a passion for psychology. So, I yeah, I, until I took uh, psychology and language sciences in UCL, University College London, and here I am now, I guess, still fighting for mental health awareness and trying to destigmatize mental health. Oh, we have Mizi. Sorry. We have Mizi. What about Mizi here? Yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, so, um, again, my name is Mizi Rahman. I am a local graduate, um, majoring, majored in sociology and anthropology. Uh, currently, I'm working as a primary school teacher. But before that, I work at JAPEM, which is um, Community Development Department. Um, so from there, my interest dalam uh, mental health advocate ini dari sana timbulnya perasaan kan meningkatkan awareness on mental health. Because working in JAPEM as a social worker, which is the, also the frontliner, you get to interact a lot of people from. Um, different backgrounds. Uh, for example, in my case, I I was already apprenticed that time. So, under bahagian keluarga, wanita dan kanak-kanak. So, of course, I my cases tend to be involved around these three things. Wanita, keluarga dan kanak-kanak. So, from there, macam, I do visits, cases, and then 
what I found was it's not just pasal social so, socioeconomic orang yang boleh membuatkan um, detrimental mental health ni, but also macam their mindset to some degree. So that's why my interest in mental health ni, in trying to raise the awareness through Cope for Hope lah. So really passionate about it. Nice. Uh, that's pretty pretty deep stories uh, coming uh, from yourself, Mizi. Uh, coming from uh, what uh, what came from a social worker situation to being part of an advocacy group. I mean yourself, Zura, with your own uh, personal experience. Yeah. Yeah? I think I can relate to Zura mostly actually because I had a personal experience as well, and that's why I'm st- I'm interested actually in mental health issues. Because I, I, when I was young, and I was approached by someone who was very dear to me, she was on the verge of suicide, and I didn't know what to do at the time. So I went to Google to actually find the answer to how to approach them. So that's why I'm so glad to have you guys here today. So you can actually acknowledge the public as well and spread. Hopefully, the public knows that you are there and you're spreading the awareness as well. Yeah. I think Emma yourself, you also run your own podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Centered around uh, mental health. <laughs> mental so, health, yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I think I think maybe just to give a bit more context for everyone, how mental health is important here for Brunei, maybe for those uh, audiences out there. Oh, let's ask our speakers actually. <laughs> yeah, the three of you. Um, let me just repeat the question. So you said why mental health is important, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's pretty basic right like so everyone knows about physical health everyone um has like monthly checkups at the clinic whenever you're just like feeling a bit sick you're like oh no i'm getting sick i better go to the doctor see something about this you know pretty basic stuff but then um mental as just as everybody has physical health everybody has mental health as well right because well hopefully everyone has a brain right um so but then when, whenever you sort of have struggles with your mental health, and this doesn't have to be full-on, like, it doesn't have to be full-on sort of, like, depression or anxiety, even, like, the small things, like stress, for example. Everyone um, experiences stress, right? So how come whenever somebody starts to feel overwhelmed with stress, nobody ever thinks, oh, I should do something about this, I should see someone about this, they sort of just, like, have to keep it in, and just deal with it when it shouldn't struggle be silently yeah yeah so i think mental health is important because it is a part of you you know you have to take care of your mental health as much as you care about your physical let's go in a bit more experiential here i mean i think uh, a lot of people think uh, growing up uh, getting to know what mental health is there's a lot of resources on the internet you know you get palpations you get uh, you suddenly can't think properly among other symptoms and i think there's also this confusion about where maybe not so much of confusion but there are those who are, which are clinically diagnosed and those that actually do happen uh day to day just are about managing that i think your situations were more were more personal maybe you could share us how that journey has been on those short free few years to how you're dealing with it now i i think i can also um kind of empathize with with that but i think i'll share that maybe later on maybe if you could share your own um so my uh, story with like sort of how yeah like the anxiety yeah you started saying like oh i turned 13 and then it was um something 
that felt so foreign and you didn't really know who to reach out to that must have been like scary like not yeah because you know. i was really really young and i just because at first i just thought macam kalau unya orang brunei macam oh saluburi or like oh sanang menangis anak ini sensitive like that so at first i thought it was just that maybe i'm just like problematic or yeah sensitive but then um i just somehow just couldn't stop thinking about smaller things so for example macam um let's say i said something to a friend and it would be something really small but then the friend talks back to me like like oh okay sure like that and i would really misinterpret their like whole like okay she said that to me in a really different tone does that mean she hate me oh my gosh she she probably does and i'll just start like overthinking way over the edge for like days on end like that and it got to the point that cuz i think everybody overthinks once in a while but then um i think it was during my o level days i realized that my overthinking and sort of just like constant worrying about not just like grades but friends and family it sort of like affected my yeah affected my schoolwork so i think um what people really get confused between sort of mental health and mental health condition is one of the criteria for being diagnosed is when it affects your day-to-day function so yeah anything from schoolwork or just like basic necessities like hygiene so i think for people it's sort of when that hits the spot when it's like okay this is affecting a certain part of my life and that's when i need to ask help do you recall when that happened when it just clicked that you needed to do something about it um because i've tried um numerous times actually but then again like because i was 15 that time i didn't really have the the means to do so especially with like transport and then you have to have parents consent as well so actually mine was um it was it was a very like sort of scary experience because yeah because i tried um numerous times to ask for help but then again the resources weren't available at that time so it got sort of so overwhelming i got um um i I I used self-harm that time to sort of cope and that time um my parents saw my scars and everything my, um they were really supportive so um that's when they wanted to bring me to a psychiatrist just to get professional help yeah. and honestly it's one of the best decisions of my life. Hello, thinking about it, you know, you're talking about your story, you're talking about your own challenges, personal challenges, not uh knowing where to go or at least finding the resources to have the means to do so suddenly we're here today with cope for hope that's probably the answer why cope for hope exists maybe mizi or yeah so i guess i'll follow up on what um sarah said as yeah. well uh when i was in high school so i kind of always knew that i had symptoms of it but I think when you're kind of ingrained to say that you're lazy uh, or you're not religious enough that's something that stops you from seeking help and that was kind of my case I kind of uh 
coped with it by like doing academically well and like pushing myself to the boundaries to kind of prove people wrong that I was not lazy but I think it was only when I got to university and kind of understood more of what mental health really is um, I seeked out for help and realized I basically fulfilled all the criteria for um, depression and anxiety and uh, eating disorders. That must have been really super helpful, the fact that you were in a, maybe being in an environment in a country where it's more matured in that environment. Yeah, yeah. I think that is something I'm really grateful for, yeah. to be able to um, go outside of Brunei. And I know not a lot of people have that privilege to go outside to seek resources. And I think that's something we're definitely are working on, is to be able to bring that same quality health resource to Brunei. To Brunei, yeah. yeah. Emma, go for it. Sorry, what? <laughs> um, yeah, I think the I think these are uh, wonderful, uh, challenging stories that really mold one's uh, mission. I think that materializing into Cope for Hope, I think more more to me personally, is uh, quite quite inspiring to like turn your own insecurities into something of how people can learn. I think my own uh, experiences and uh, being in the UK, I think I was very thankful that uh, Essex University had uh, you know extenuating circumstances that allowed people to understand where you're coming from and, and the men- kind of mental health support. But I I, I come uh, I I kind of echo with what you're saying, Azira. Like I think more more so coming to university, apalagita kraja, uh, being being an adult, it's more important to be more aware what mental health is, how it looks like, and how to encounter that. I was just like uh, coming, you guys coming in, and then I was just scrolling through your Instagram. I, I, you know, as as simple as just having these infographics, these resources, just like pinpoint. Oh my god, like I, I totally feel that way as well. But uh, and and I just, I just feel like I could just DM you guys and just like you know ask about things that I, I wasn't so sure. I think it's even more scarier coming from. For an environment where it's more stigmatized, like oh, psychiatry, orang gila gitu and all that. I mean, secara kasarnya, it's the truth. But I think in my own circles, I think in the in the recent few years, recent few months, it's been more acceptable. Alhamdulillah, uh, in my own family as well. Um, my mother, my own father has been more open to like it's just as simple as you know it's like it's like going to the clinic to get an MC. Like I get my little Panadol. I also <laughs> meet my own uh personal psychiatry per- person or counselor that 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 I, it's it's as as a similar checkup as well. So it's nice to see this you know being normalized in such a way where where I feel more comfortable to do that for because of people like you. Like, what, what do you think, Emma? You just you just lost that yes, word. <laughs> I I mean I mean the, 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 these stories are are also probably one of many you know, coming from from Brunei. Um, yeah, if, if Mizi, if you'd like to add anything to that. Uh, okay, in my case, I am one hundred percent locally grown in Brunei, and that means I also did my study in Brunei as well. So there there are there is my moment of my lowest point in life. Which is after A levels. Can usually in Brunei A levels ni the Brunei dream is to go study abroad, to study in UK, and then jadi kebanggaan ibu bapa. Oh, anak aku belajar di UK apa? Okay, I get it. <laughs> okay, I get it. <laughs> so, so uh, it was after A levels, and my grades are really really bad lah. And I think I was I was stagnant for a whole year. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go. 
macam nada matlamat hidup, nada direction. It was really lowest point of, of my life lah. Like really And a lot of my friends juga the support system, the support system yang kononnya ada masa year uh, year A level tu, they went away sudah to continue with their own life of course. So I feel like really alone, macam nada orang to depend on. And it's just my life that I need to go through. Apa? So, thankfully, ada some of my friends yang stayed behind lah and did their studies locally. So I reach out to them. Apa? Um, and also, um, unlike unlike them, I didn't know any available resources, which are uh, psychological resources to go to. Apa? Uh, if I shared my feelings, pun ada ibu bapa. Their way of solving things is kadang-kadang macam oh semayang, bos mayang apa macam uh, dugaan, um, yeah along that lines lah. So from there, yes, I did try um, religion as one of my coping mechanism, but that's not the only thing. There are also um, ways that I reach out to my friends. You are and also um, I keep a mindset yang Regardless of what happens, I must not give up. Apa macam jangan terbantut sejak lepas level apa. So I change my mindset into making sure that I move on regardless. So I just applied uni lah tema tu uni, and then thankfully uh, I got accepted at a local uni UBD. But before that, masa as I said, I was stagnant for a good whole year tu. At the same time. I also tried to find jobs to occupy myself lah, because kalau di rumah saja terkurung apa, it can really have a negative mental health impact lah, especially when you're alone. So I tried to find jobs, and during cuti satu tahun nato, I also managed to get a job arah istana apa for uh, HM's birthday during that time, but. Unfortunately, ada bad incident lah at that time during my working time. Ato I actually got bullied. I mean, at that time I was also vulnerable because my self-esteem turun sudah. And then during work time, ato kena bully lagi apa? Because let's face it, I stick out among the average Bruneians because of my skin. So people macam made fun of me pasal kulit putih apa? And <laughs> yes, there are such people. They will they will find a lot of things that is wrong or different with you. So yeah, uh, thankfully, like I've gone through that. Abis sudah kerja apa, and I continued on with my uni life lah. And since then, like Alhamdulillah, slowly, like life. More bearable lah. Yeah, hmm. getting back together. Apa macam momentum hidup atau macam okay, sambung belajar saja. Just do this for now. Focus on this. Tidak uh, banyak pikirkan yang lain. Um, just belajar and you know try to build skills along the way. Yeah. So, yeah. Well done, Mizi. So, yeah. Hey. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, kalau kalau bagikan that uh, that I can take from that. Uh, especially, you know, that point on bullying as well. That's probably something that we want to come into as a as a topic for mental health. Jo. But I think the other one that is also part of breaking stigma is, uh, inu pulang salah, 
yang yang what our parents ya dengan no doa apa but all of this what we're doing here today it's is part of our own effort our own ikhtiar juga um it's it's not just one thing kan tapi how we just deal with it holistically ada je berubat ada je dengan nani ada je dengan doanya lah You seem like you want to say something. Oh, no, no. <laughs> <Just agree. laughs> no, no, that's good. That's good. I, I mean, even even my own personal journey, ani pun memahankan barang ani uh, may may not be as easy. Pasal lain lain orang pun lain lain pengalaman jangan, Emma. Hmm. I think we got we gone too deep into the discussion. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, <laughs> let, let, let's let's go on a, on a lighter note. Tapi I acknowledge uh, and also appreciate. The, the stories you've shared, I think, when it's not something you just openly share, but it's something we we do appreciate and and respect, uh, especially how you've come to today. So congratulations on that. Yeah. On 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 a lighter note, can uh, you guys have mentioned you've you know, become accidental friends, which I'm Akusa and Emma Jenny. You've got you guys uh, kind of have hanged hanged out every day. I understand you're you're from UCLA. You you might have a hard time coming back with with COVID and all that. So. Tell us what you guys been up to. Like, uh, have you guys been you know, trying out different coffee, <laughs> cafe, up, uh, planning <laughs> while planning your different programs, just like on the on the side. Like, t- you know, how how's your friendship dynamic meeting each other from? You know? Well, we definitely learn a lot more about each other meeting up from every day and uh, coffee shops. I only knew like Starbucks briefly, but now I know another cafe. Welcome back to yeah. Brunei. <laughs> All these new places. It was great. I know Zura put uh, you. You've put on your profile that you're a sweet tooth. Maybe you could also enlighten us on the different uh, desserts that uh, you've come into. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. I just came back from the UK. This oh yeah, year, yeah. You I just graduated as well. Congratulations on that. Thank you. So, um, yeah, sweet. Honestly, this um, year has been one of the best years to be a sweet tooth in Brunei because right after COVID, everyone is baking. <laughs> like, so suddenly, like all these baking accounts are popping up on IG. Yeah. So it's like you don't yeah, bake all yourself the as well. Are gone. I, I, I attempt gone. to, but then. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I mean they're they're the bakers and there's the consumer. Mm-hmm. We're the consumers, exactly. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's supporting local is pretty good as well. You know, with the, all the baking thing. Okay, okay. Well, coming back, you mentioned you you tried you've tried different cafes. Any favorite? Any any favorites on your own as well? I'm more of a tea person, so oh. I really like matcha mana. Oh, sorry, oh. I love matcha. So. Yeah, I, I I like I like coming down to matcha mana, especially over the weekends on yeah. Sundays, especially when their parkings aren't too too. You don't have to have the all pass and all late night. You know, I ice matcha tarik, mm, so, so good, great. so good. Are you a matcha person as well? Like just generally? Yes. Yeah. Nice, nice. They say matcha is is serene and slimming. <laughs> <laughs> so. What about you? You you mentioned uh, to us earlier, Mizi, uh, Chigu Mizi, that yeah. you've all, you've also <laughs> teach uh, night classes. I mean, like, where's the time for you to do this? Like, the, what would you do for fun? Um, it's once a week kind of thing, and right now it's a school holiday, so I have my break. But once the school start, I do uh once a week. Uh, I teach for like just two hours at most of this underprivileged kids ara maktab duli to prepare them for their PSR exam lah. And you mean for my yeah, own personal time? Yeah, yeah. Well, I 
like to spend time with my families, with my niece and nephews, especially. Yes, not buah baby fruits. And yeah, it's kind of I don't bother on jalan-jalan apa. You know, um, I understand because I understand life can be stressful at times. So just bawa them jalan-jalan, but at the same time, macam uh, being the adult, the uncle, I look after them job apa lah. And yeah, besides that, I play video games. <laughs> PS5 is coming out soon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm assuming you guys meet for something. There must be something going on for Cup of Hope. I'm assuming. So the meeting. <laughs> so what are you guys busy with right now? Um, so mental health day is coming up October 10th. Yeah. Yes. So we are planning something um, because we're actually not established under Brunei society. On the way. On the, on the way. way. On the way. Coming soon. <laughs> so um, we wanted to do something more um, giving back. To the community for mm-hmm. so, suppose yeah we're creating mental health kits um for nice. so, yeah. online. <laughs> so does, 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 that, does that come with with matcha and chocolates it can oh. it will now so, <laughs> yeah. uh, and then we're also focusing on another part of taking care of the mental health of foreign workers in brunei and immigrants very important community so we are also giving back to them i have so much questions <laughs> yeah like okay like about like first two questions are be coming up maybe if, if if i could divulge more uh what would a mental health kit look like and two how do you interact with foreign workers uh, especially with the language barrier do you want to do okay yeah it's fascinating yeah. i'm like organizing the mental health kit right now that's why okay so um not gonna lie Go to Pinterest. <laughs> Go to Pinterest. Look for mental health kit. But other than that, um, so it's for this mental health kit. We want to focus on something that's like um, relaxing, calming, and this generally brings a smile to your face. You know, because for this mental health kit, you can either sort of deliver. We can deliver it to someone and sort of like, okay, I care about this person. Let's give it to them, or you can even buy it for yourself, right? So. Um, Sort of, you for now we're planning like the general sort of like um, candles, you know, very calming things like um, any soap that contains like lavender because it has a calming effect as well, and then of course like baked goods because who doesn't love that? I do. So, <laughs> and then we're also planning sort of like um, cards where it contains like reassuring statements yeah. Yeah. that you matter. So it's basically family. like a self care kit. Yeah. Exactly. Or a pamper kit. <laughs> exactly. Does it come with a voucher to 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 to? Uh, to uh, Retail therapy. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> that's a good, <laughs> that's a good idea. I'm noting that down. Now. That's a good idea. Retail therapy coming in different <laughs> forms of coupons. <laughs> yeah, and also I think an important thing to highlight is, I mean, for now we're trying to get in touch with sort of local businesses and local crafts. So all these like candles and tea bags that we're hoping. To put in our um, kits, we're hoping that it's coming from local businesses. Nice, you know, Ooh, just that's to nice. Support them as well. Nice. That's. I mean, th- those are just like two projects. I think that's pretty, pretty innovative. Pretty something you don't kind of hear every blow day. Up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's gonna it could, 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 could blow up uh, yeah. something as you know something really meaningful as you put it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we'll get like resources mm-hmm. so in case like how do expats in the country get mental health resources as well sure. so, yeah. 
even even our own um, Malay speaking society here as well that there's there's a, a sort of a niche group and and I think a lack of access to that as well so be interesting to hear how you guys are moving in that direction I mean you've had that experience with with that uh, particular agency right um, and and interacting with the with the frontliners and and, that, and all that so um what was the question again? <laughs> it wasn't a question, just more of like uh, how you've had that experience on that end as well. Ah, yeah. okay. So, um, um, dealing with um, people yang you know, yang biasa bercakap bahasa Melayu, of course, uh, usually my strategy is usually, you know, be relatable, cakap bahasa Brunei apa. Um, also, be clear lah apa yang kan diterangkan itu. Macam janjua, I know bahasa Brunei kadang-kadang sounds kasar kadang-kadang. Okay. Macam tu. Macam, <laughs> macam are saying, okay. are you okay pun? Are you okay pun macam kasar bunyinya. So, macam, okay, lambat-lambat lah bahasa Brunei. So, Brunei, bis kita okay lah. Kita uh, mau bantuan ke apa. Macam, lemah-lembut lah. Pandai-pandai um, lembutkan suara tu. So, these things macam, it's a practice that takes time pelang to be honest but, but kalau macam sudah biasa ber, menghadapi diri dengan orang-orang yang catuk insyaallah okeylah boleh lah okay cool 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 i think i think that's uh <coughs> it's one on providing access one on providing relatability and i guess providing general resources on how people can uh, interact with you I think we've seen a number of of public, very public incidents um, with mental health, whether or not that might be good, might be bad. Uh, in the years, recent years, we've also seen how our own government, very thankful that they've been pushing on mental health, the mental health movement as well. And I think probably sometime since last year, probably years, uh, the, uh, the year before that, we've seen a popping up of different mental health groups as well and uh, it's interesting to see how this would create much more collaborative uh, ecosystem jua um i think ever so recently if you're familiar with the uh suicide attempt recently on the bridge uh, if you if you're aware of the uh of the incident uh, yeah it's it's quite interesting to see the reactions it's uh, one of the more fresher uh news that we've seen on how people are still perceiving it as you know, negative, we were just talking about stigma. Like, what, what did you guys think of the incident and the, the whole reactions, discussions? Has it been supportive? Has it been, um, you know, positive on your end? Or ha- have more mental health groups kind of, you know, put themselves out? Or, or have are people still so adamant against this? Yeah. So, um, I think when it comes to social media in Brunei, there's a few different platforms that have a few different communities and mindsets. I like how you phrased that. (laughs) So, uh, on our end, it has been pretty supportive. A lot of people support the statement that we released um, going against the public reaction at the time of the event. And, but I know some other platforms may have disagreed. Um, So, I think that's what we were targeting is to basically not really call them out but to just not condone those type of behaviors Uh, i think when the incident happened we were up like 8 a.m and we got to talking the entire day basically like how how can we address this like we need to do something and that's when we released the statement 
And I think it's also just interesting that I think the there was a similar incident to this a few years ago, six, seven years ago. And it's really disappointing that the reaction was the mm-hmm. exact same. And I know there's been efforts, but it's clear that there needs to be more oh. efforts. Yeah. You wanted to say something? Oh, no, I was just agreeing. <laughs> okay. Would you like to add on to that? Um, no, because I was just agreeing about the whole, because um, I've watched both videos from the recent one and the one seven years ago. And I think, um, apart from... It's painful seeing like an attempt. It's also equally painful hearing comments from people in the background in that video. And it's just, you know, it's really heartbreaking, you know, and that's what we're working towards, just create that awareness. Um, okay, you, you've mentioned that you've talked about this like a lot, especially <coughs> especially that day. Uh, why do you think putting out a public statement is, a really, is important? Uh, and why was, the, why was that the first step that you needed to in, in calling them out? I think the the the, re- the rational behind this question is that um, not we, we don't we haven't built a culture of being accountable of calling out. So I wanted you to uh, kind of show us why is that important, especially in the work you do. Well, um, I feel like if we didn't call like keep them accountable, it would just keep going and going. And even though in there was a certain platform that we were basically calling out. Um, even on that platform, a lot of people were disagreeing with the comments that were put, which is really great. So seeing that change in, you know, people finally agreeing with our statement, um, we got a lot of reposts and reshares, and that's kind of how we blew up. But it's it's nice to see that people are also like condoning, uh, condemning those um, acts as well. So I think keeping the public accountable, and since Brunei is pretty big on reputation and you know maybe it can change their mindset a little bit more. Um, yeah pretty pretty <coughs> pretty interesting um time time we live in now uh you know we're having more public conversations on these uh to promote a healthy debate on things that people may not necessarily agree with mental health being uh such a new no not new but uh, i think uh, a, a topic that's still in the process of trying to fully ingrain that within the public's mindset that it is okay to be not okay. <laughs> not referring to any Netflix series, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Emma, uh, do you wanna do you wanna say anything? Uh, I think I just wanna ask more on the challenges that you guys have faced throughout this uh, putting out statements and everything, all the resources that you put out. Is there any challenges in doing all that? Um, I would say. We have logistical challenges mm-hmm. in terms of being, because we want to do so many things, we are a little bit struggling with what is the first thing we should do. Mm-hmm. So far, we've done infographics and that's worked, but there needs to be more, and we're planning to do more, but it's just how do we get from point A to point B? Mm-hmm. And um, also, because of the attempt, a lot of expectations have been put on our organization to do something um but we you know we have to look at it from what's our long-term goal you know we don't want to jeopardize our organization in okay that, that that's fair i think a lot of uh new organizations come with needing uh needing direction and and knowing the how to 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 get there so uh yeah i i, I think i think
do hope uh, that that in itself is actually a good idea if there were kits for organizations to like to 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 kind of give them like okay what's next how to get the and the resources for you to push that but hopefully you know part part of this podcast will also socialize what you do and hopefully other organizations can also reach out to you on how to share those resources so you were about to say something if you no but but in in a, in a way uh, other other than just that I mean you are a non governmental organization it's it's just a volunteering thing you guys are doing this uh, full time part time depending on on the commitments you have I mean I that's definitely not easy especially now that you have expectations on that uh, beyond just resources how are you guys managing your time and and the obstacles on that I think um, Sarah has been carrying our group recently so. Because me and Mizi, we do work part-time, well, I work full-time, so, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, um, I, I'll i be honest, it is uh, a bit tricky juggling all of this, I mean, with the night classes and also um, with Cope for Hope, but right now it's a school holiday, so I am able to contribute um, with the organization significantly. But once, um, starting next week, uh, once the school starts, I might have to cut back a little bit. Um, but again, um, I'm really thankful, grateful for these guys for uh, understanding of my situation. Um, and also very considerate in um, trying to create the boundaries about work. I mean, that is especially important. Lah. I mean, some workplaces aren't so considered so i'm very lucky to have these people i mean it's not just work now i mean it's part of you it's part of advocacy and uh what what is what's for me that that i've enjoyed doing this conversation is how much you care on serving that cause you are um (coughs) i mean we were kind of similar with each other even uh we do this on a part-time basis Mm -hmm. we do when when we can our recordings are like once uh, once a week as and when when we do it so i think uh, it's part of an admiration to be able to carry out what you guys do and i mean you can't you can never uh, prepare yourself when the next suicide attempt is so when the next big set of expectations you guys are supposed to do and yeah it'll be interesting to see how that might evolve um you got you have anything you want to add there no, actually i'm done with my questions so. oh, okay. <laughs> um yeah i <coughs> um I don't know. Uh, I don't know where where to go from here. Actually, um, you guys have anything you'd like to ask or bring up? I, I mean, think they they could share a message to the public. Maybe yeah. if you want to say something to the public. Uh, so this is for everyone who's approached us to our DMs. Uh, we really thank you guys. We see you, and we're working our best to answer each and everyone individually and curating the words that will give you the proper resources. We also really want to thank the public for giving us so much overwhelming support. Um, I think when we had our first meeting, we were so nervous about how to approach this because it was something, it was such a sensitive topic, but we're really, really happy that the public is so far supporting our cause and understanding that mental health is a serious health issue in Brunei and needs to be addressed more. And if I would just have one thing to say, uh, you know, we are all here. We're all, we've all been through some form of low point in life. And 
we're more than happy to help. We're definitely more than happy to point out the necessary resources too. So just don't feel feel free to reach out to us whenever. Great. Thanks, uh, Zura. Um, Zura or, or Mizi, would you like to have any final few words? Um, if you are currently struggling with um, or struggling with suicidal thoughts or feeling mentally or emotionally overwhelmed, uh, please know that there are services out there that offers um, therapy or support. Uh, either government or private, you can look it up in our uh, Instagram, Cope for Hope. There are a lot of uh, contacts and details about each agency. Cool. Thanks, Mizi. Yeah, and just to add to that, um, if you are um, feeling sort of like mentally overwhelmed or anything, just know that you're not alone. You matter, your feelings matter, they're completely valid, and just like what Papa said, no, it's okay not to be okay, and that's that's totally fine. Please do reach out for help if you need it. Thanks, Sarah. I mean, the the days and the, the hours and the years we've grown up. I mean, I'm very thankful that from what used to be mental health is now um, much more familiar, much more aware. There's more access, and you know what better way to cope with every day with by by coping with hope with cope for hope. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> Emma, you got any any last few words before we wrap this up? Yeah, you did the outro. <laughs> and not just any outro, but just you know, gen generally, how do you feel with the? Well, how, how do you how do you guys feel doing a first episode with Suarki today? I mean, I'm generally talkative, so I'm actually pretty, <laughs> pretty like. This is nothing to me. <laughs> it's, it's really fun and being able to talk about something that sort of because um like mental health you know the topics they're quite sensitive and not everyone is okay and comfortable with yeah. talking about it so now like being able to just openly talk about it and yeah. like advocate for it it's just really exciting and you know i can't wait for more opportunities to like talk about it because mental health is one of the things where you really need to talk about it in order for it to sort of normalize you know so i mean we were definitely looking forward to see if we can continue any conversations more on mental health um maybe a a topic that's uh full of stigma we can give that <coughs> give more discussions on that and yeah and then definitely look look forward to seeing you talking more since you you have such a love to do that too and maybe you could do that together with Swarki Daddy. <laughs> yeah while you're the external director. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really exciting because I've never done this before. This is something it feels so official with all the microphones. And oh no, no, please, please don't. Uh, I'm I'm still trying to adjust to this because we've just had new equipments as well. Uh, I, I mean, I'd love to have more coffee, but maybe hopefully when we have more uh, funding in our production, welcoming sponsors, if you do. Um, but yeah, like uh, it's 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 one way to reach out to Bruneians, right? I mean, we got IG, we got our our, our social media, but <clears throat> what what better way to to kind of translate that? Uh, voices and and on video the people behind you know different initiatives and one today with cope for hope as well yeah oh before we do wrap up uh, let's have uh your your uh, your social media handle for everyone to follow cope for hope Brunei. that's and it yeah our instagram yeah so um, <laughs> our instagram is at cope for hope Brunei at no that's our email sorry 
Our email is codeforhope.bn at gmail. So if you guys want to reach out there too, we also answer. And our Instagram is our codeforhope39. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, probably. I don't know. It's a little bubble. <laughs> so that's uh, that's Hazira, uh, Zura, Mizi, and Emma. Me. And me. <laughs> so that's it for Swarakitani, our episode with Cope for Hope. You just heard her social media handles and for you guys to follow. Maybe uh, thank you for coming, actually. I really oh, appreciate it. Thank you for inviting us. First, oh, first, yeah. first, first, first of many, first of many. So, great opportunity for us as well, and the stories uh, all three of you have shared. Until next time, uh, for the next episode of Swarakatani, Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. I'm Fadli, Emma, your co-host for this afternoon. Bye.